Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Radio Show. I'm extremely excited tonight as we have a renowned playwright comedian coming on named Steve Blue Stein. And I'm glad I pronounced that correctly because I know people say that sometimes people mispronounce his last name, so I'm going to make a uh, cognizant effort tonight to make sure I pronounce his last name correctly. So we're going to bring him on in, the mo- in a moment, and I'll also tell you guys a little bit about his background. Um, he's done some amazing stuff. He's been a comedian for over 20 years. He's involved in producing, writing. Um, he has a book coming out. It, actually, sorry, a book that's out right now. And uh, we're going to discuss that tonight, which is called It's So Hard to Type with a Gun in My Mouth, which is a very interesting title. And I'm definitely going to ask him about that, too. So let me tell everyone a little bit about my show, if you are tuning in for the first time. And I do have a chat room open. However, I do manage everything on my own. Uh, We do have someone in there right now. And hello to you, too. He uh, just typed hello. So um, please join us. You can create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. And you can also call in tonight if you'd like to ask Steve any questions. The number is 805-243-1320. All that information is available in the chat room. I will do my best to go back and forth between the chat room, uh, my notes, and, of course, my interview with Steve, which I want to pay the most attention to. So, again, please feel free to call in if you have any questions. Just a little bit about my background and the concept of this show. I started it almost approximately a year ago. And I really wanted to create a forum to bring people on in the entertainment industry. They could be people who are new, up-and-comers in the industry, or people like Steve that we have who are very renowned and who have been around for a while and have done some amazing stuff. Um, Because I personally know how difficult it can be to get your name out there. Um, I'm a singer-songwriter, and I have an album out as a solo artist. And also, as my professional career, I'm a clinical and forensic psychologist, which is what I do during the day. So one of the things I really enjoy doing is interviewing people, and I just love entertainment and the entertainment industry. So I thought what a better thing to do would be to just combine my two passions and create this forum to support and bring people on and uh, help them promote themselves and uh, get their names out there. So that's the concept of my show. I do ask that people just um, keep a couple of things in mind. I do want people to feel open and uh honest to talk about whatever they'd like. I love entertaining stories, uh, controversial stories, but I just kindly request that people keep any names, identifying information anonymous as the show is not meant to personally humiliate anyone, but I do want people to be able to talk freely about whatever they'd like. And the other thing to just please keep in mind is that although I am a psychologist, um, the show is not meant to provide any type of formal therapy or treatment. Um, I have no problem talking about psychology concepts in uh, general terms, and I'm sure Steve can relate a lot to that because his, his book definitely touches base on some of the uh, interesting people that he's encountered uh, throughout his career. Uh, but again, I'm not going to be doing any type of uh, formal therapy or anything like that. This is not a, a pop psychologist show. Okay, so again, if you are joining us, please create a Blog Talk Radio account, and again, all the information is in the chat room. So I do want to just give a quick plug to Paul Lander, and uh, he's this amazing person. He's the one who actually referred uh, Steve Bluestein to me, and he's a consultant and producer for XM's feature, Hey, Get Off My Lawn. So if anyone has serious XM radio, please check out that uh, show. It's an awesome show. It features a lot of comedians and it's uh, really entertaining. So, again, thanks to Paul for referring Steve to me tonight. So, a little bit about Steve, and we're going to bring him on. Uh, Steve has been doing stand-up comedy for over 20 years, and uh, he feels that he's really finally come into his own as a playwright. Uh, His talent has been honed from the years of, uh, as he would say, pounding the boards in Las Vegas, Atlantic City, Reno, Tahoe, and countless comedy clubs across the nation. Um, But it's within the last few years that he has started to also get involved in television, feature films, cable, as well as personal appearances, which has helped take his career in a uh, new new and different direction. Um, After writing for Norman Lear, and everyone I'm sure knows who that is, he was a writer and producer for All in the Family, 
Sanford and Son, One Day at a Time, The Jeffersons, some of those amazing shows from back in the day. Steve had um, joined the sitcom staff of 13 East for NBC, and then he went on to Totally Hidden Video as a segment producer for Fox TV and the new Candid Camera for Universal. But as Steve will talk about tonight, as always, he returns to one of his first loves, which was stand-up comedy, which he does as often as possible. And one of the things that he's best known for is being a strong improviser. So uh, he recommends that people uh, do not sit up close to him in the front if you do not want to be part of his, I guess, uh, comedy act. And I've seen comedians do that, and I love seeing people who can just kind of go off the cuff and just include the audience and really create um, a lot of the comedy around what's going on at that moment. So again, tonight we'll also talk about his blog, Life Sucks, Why Not Share It? Everyone has to check that out. It's very entertaining. Um, Upcoming projects that he's working on, and of course, his first book, which is currently out, It's So Hard to Type with a Gun in My Mouth. Check it out on Amazon, Kindle, Lulu, and more. For more information, you can check out Steve at homestead.com slash Steve Bluestein. All right, so let's bring Steve on now that I introduced him. Hello? How are you, Steve? Hey, I'm, how are you? I am so full of myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> Why is I that? I can't live up to that resume. <laughs> okay, no, wait, wait, let me digress for one minute, because you must have been, yeah. and it's so funny, it's always the comedians or people involved in comedy that say that exact same thing. Every time I introduce them, they're like, wow, they're like, I can't live up to that. How am I going to ever get to that? So I know, it's so it's funny too much you say of a build-up. <laughs> I'm sure you will live up to it and much more. Thanks. So let me guess, you're from New York? (laughs) No, I'm not. You're not from New York? No, I didn't say that. So where did that accent come from? See, that's so funny. I'm from New Jersey. Oh, well, New Jersey's the same. Okay. (laughs) You kind of have an accent. Where are you originally from? Oh, I'm making fun of you if you didn't know (laughs) Oh, okay. No, I'm originally I, I'm originally from Boston. Okay. Well, you got a little accent there. You do. No, I I went to Emerson College and paid thousands okay. of dollars to lose my to lose my accent. Okay. Okay. And what did you study at Emerson? Because I read in your bio uh, you did go there. Yeah, I I studied um, theater and speech. Okay. Which is great. Speech is a great major because. Afterwards, you're the only one at unemployment who can go, why, thank you, I am out of work as well, you know. <laughs> wow, cool, cool. So so why don't we uh, start out? I mean, I want you to take the interview, again, in whatever direction you'd like to go, and I have, mm-hmm. you know, some of my own questions prepared from reading about you. But, again, I want you to feel, you know, free and open to discuss whatever well, you'd like to promote tonight. It's all about you. Um, oh. <laughs> Wait, why wasn't I married to you? <laughs> why? What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, I mean, everyone I've ever been involved in, it's always, it's always been about them. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, I'm kind of the opposite. Actually, I mean, yeah. I need to get that it's more about me stuff, and it's funny because I'm involved in a lot of entertainment stuff, but I'm probably one of the most humble, grounded people who just kind of puts myself, unfortunately, not first. <laughs> yeah, well, you won't succeed, trust me. Oh, no, thanks a lot, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> I've come a long way, though. No, I know. The nice ones, they end up, you know, working at Frosty Freeze, putting lids on, on thick shakes. You know, the, it's, the, it's the self-involved ones that are the ones that make this, that become stars. You have to I be. I agree, but I agree to some extent, but you know what? My psychology works very well for me. So having my doctorate in psychology, I think I can still – be a nice person and and use that to my advantage to know kind of what works and what doesn't. Yeah, and I I bet you live in a big shoe in Never Neverland. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. So why don't you tell us a little bit just about yourself, your upbringing, um, you know, what you were like growing up, and and then we'll kind of transition into, you know, you becoming a comic and a playwright. All right, you want to start with the childhood? Yeah, a little bit. Just to, I always like to know a little bit about kind of what led people into, you know, the profession and the career they're in today. Um, let's see. Uh, my parents were divorced. Horrible divorce. Terrible divorce. My father is dead now, 14 years. My mother still hates him. 
I said, okay. and, I, and a friend said to me, why? And I said, he's not dead enough for her. And, oh, my uh, gosh. Yeah. it's. The, I mean, it was like one of those relationships where I was the one, you tell your father that I said, and it would be you tell your mother, and they used to fight. It was hell. It was hell. So uh, I okay. went, went to college, and uh, when I graduated, I threw my cap up in the air. By the time it landed, I was in New York City because I was raised in Boston. Okay. Could not get out of there fast enough. And I was in New York in the 60s when it was, you know, Studio 54 and the really early, early years, you know, all the, the drug years. And came to L.A. and uh, was uh, working at the May Company as an assistant buyer but living in Hollywood in one of those communal buildings with a swimming pool in the middle. And in the middle of, <laughs> in the pool, sitting around the pool, one of the tenants was Dave Madden, who was Reuben on the Partridge family. He lived in the building. And we'd, oh, be, sitting wow. around by, we'd be sitting around by the pool, and I'd be making people laugh, just being myself. And he pulled me aside one day, and he said, Steve, there's a new club that opened up on Sunset Boulevard called the Comedy Store. You ought to go down and check it out. You could do that. And, I, you know, I didn't really believe him. But also living in the building was Albert mm-hmm. Hammond, who went on to write It Never Rains in Southern California, and and he was just inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame and has several wow. Emmys. And, and, you know, and he was a major force in, in music. He said to me, He's right. You can do this. So with the belief of those two guys, I went down to the comedy store, sat in the audience, said, oh, I can do that. I can do that easy. So I uh, went down the next week, open mic, and Sammy Shore, who was the owner of the club, came up to me afterwards and said, you got the sound, kid. You got the sound. You should come back. Nice. And if Sammy had not said that to me, I would still be at the May Company today. But because wow. I got it. Wow, just real quick, what was the May Company? Just a little bit of information about what was the May that Company. Now? It's like Macy's, but you know, before Macy's, oh, Macy's. bought everything. Gotcha. Yeah, it's and a what big were you department doing? store. I was an uh, assistant buyer. I was assistant buyer in the budget handbag department. Wow. Okay. Okay. So real quick, I mean, just to ask a quick question. So you really didn't necessarily have an interest in doing stand-up? It was just something you fell into because these people noticed you had this talent and this knack for it? I wanted to be a singer. I thought I was going to be a singer, yeah. Okay. And right out of college, I got a job as a singing waiter and was doing 35 shows a night. And when I was in New York City, I was going to the village and – I was going out to these open night nights singing with people like Bette Midler and Liz Torres and people like that who all started at that period. Um, But I got sidetracked because when I got to L.A., there there was no village. There was no place to go to sing, but there was the comedy store, and I was funny. So I thought, well, I'll try (laughs) that. I'll try that. Okay. And uh, when I started, there must have been... 40 comics total working at the time. Not wow. like today when there are like 40,000, you know. I know. I, I, had a, I know. I had, a, I had a colonoscopy, right, about a month ago. I'm on the okay. table, and the, and the doctor says, so what do you do? I said, I'm a comedian. He said, oh, really? So is my nurse. I said to him, no, 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 no. That's all I do. I'm a comedian. I don't shove tubing up people's rectums in the afternoon. <laughs> I just am a comedian. He didn't laugh. <laughs> he didn't oh, laugh. my gosh. Right. Yeah. So it is different today. And, again, I wouldn't know what it was like back then. But I think even whether you're a musician or you're a comic, I mean, it's just I can't imagine the competition and just how well, I think different the competition it is from is, back in the day. Much it's much worse now. I think it's much worse right. now because everybody today is, thinks they're a comedian. And right. if you watch some of these comedians on television, you'll see what I'm talking about. They are not funny. 
They are not saying anything smart. They are not saying anything different. They're all talking about their crotch, and they're, they're just not funny. <laughs> He's on the Jerry's live on. They're just not funny. <laughs> they're not. They're not funny. Jerry's funny. Elaine Boozler's funny. Kathy Ladman's funny. Howie Mandel is funny. But the right. the the garbage that's out there on these comedy clubs, it's why I stopped doing them. I, I just couldn't stand. It was like I had worked for 20 years, and, and, and I had, and I, uh, it was a craft. And I had learned the craft, and I knew how to mm-hmm. do the craft. There was no challenge anymore. And it became more about, with these comedy clubs, it was not about the art of stand-up, but the art of selling drinks. And so mm-hmm. I was only on stage so that the club owner could, could get the audience as drunk as they possibly could or serve food to them. And when, when you're on stage and an audience is eating, that's death. You, an audience won't laugh when, they're, when they've got chicken wings in their mouth. Right. And so <laughs> it, it was like, it, but that was it for me. And that's when I transitioned into writing because I just didn't want to do it anymore. I just right. And about it. how long ago is that that you decided, you Must know, you weren't going to be doing eight, the stand-up? Eight or nine, eight or nine years, years ago now. Yeah, at least. Wow. At least. I have, I mean, I'll occasionally do a show here and there. Like I'm doing one mm-hmm. in, in Palm Springs with Kathy Ladman in May. Don't ask me where. I have no idea. She called me. She said, will you do a show? I said, yes. She'll drive. I'll go. They'll hand me a microphone. I'll talk for 30 minutes and go home. I mean, that's right. a, that's how interested I am. Wow. Wow. But that's, so let's, yeah, let's segue a little bit then into thank you for sharing all that you did with us. I mean, that's really interesting, oh, your background. Such, and You're such a shrink. Thank you for sharing that. And tell me, <laughs> how are you feeling about that, Steve? Oh, we'll get into that when we talk about your book more now. <laughs> all right, yeah, right. Um, but no, that's that's a really it's definitely an interesting story in terms of you kind of falling into it because of other people commenting on your talent and your knack for it. So that's really cool. Yeah, um, well, it's so, you, you, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, go ahead. No, when, when you when you're insecure and you don't feel that you have talent, then you 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 seek outside support so that. You know, that's what these guys gave me. And the great story about Albert Hammond is I didn't see him for 38 years. He went out and I left. You know, we both went on our separate ways. I didn't see him. And then mm-hmm. one day I was on Twitter and he was there. And I emailed, I emailed him and said, gee, I don't know if you remember me, but I lived in the building when you – and he emailed me back in about 30 seconds and said, Steve! <laughs> And here's the irony of life. This is the irony of life. Albert has an apartment, keeps an apartment in Los Angeles. He has one in in Europe and one in Hawaii, and he's he's, he's got homes all over the world. His apartment in Los Angeles is probably less than three-quarters of a mile from my house. So I have passed. You guys didn't know that? No, no. I passed his building every day for 10 years. Not knowing that he lived there, it's wow. just one of those. And real quick, how, not to interrupt, how did you guys just lose touch? Like, what happened that you guys? Well, because you know, in show touch? business, what what happens is you, you 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 go on the road and you're you're traveling. I'm in New York. He's in Majorca. I'm in I'm in Majorca. He's in Spain. You know, I, I'm in mm-hmm. I'm in Spain. He's in France. You know, so you never see each other. It's not until you, especially when uh, when. I was working nonstop, and he was working right. nonstop. Now, now, you know, now we're a little, a little more sedentary, so we're able to come, come to rest and see each other. Very cool. And the, I'll tell you what's really cool. Thirty-eight years. It was like five minutes had passed. He walked in. He walked down into the lobby of his building and threw his arms around me, and I threw my arms around him. I mean, it's one of those relationships you have in show business mm-hmm. that it makes it. All worthwhile. Right. That's really cool. And that's hard to find people like that because I know along my journey, and again, I, I do this, you know, part-time on the side because I enjoy it and I'm trying to break into different things too. But, you know, there's been a lot of people I've met along the way that, like you said, it's it's all about them. And I understand you have to have some quality of that to really, you know, get to that next level. But I'll tell you, Steve, there have been some amazingly talented people and some 
pretty big names out there that I was very surprised were so just grounded and nice to me, and I would have never have expected that. And well, it's, it's cool to see that happen. I, I opened for Donna Summer and at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. It was a huge okay. gig. It was 4,000 people every night. Opening night, she comes back to my dressing room and says, I just want to tell you how happy we are you're, you're on the show with us. Now, this was at the height of her disco fame. This, there was no one bigger than Donna Summer wow. at the time. And it last, left such a lasting impression with me mm-hmm. because I, I try to be that kind of person, that kind, that kind, show that kind of kindness uh, and care about others because I know how it made me feel, and I want others to feel that way, too. It was just mm-hmm. great. Absolutely. Great. Absolutely. Very cool. Very cool. So why don't we segue into talking about how you transitioned into uh, getting involved in writing and producing and the stuff you've well, been doing for uh, the past eight or nine years. Well, here's the deal. I was on the road at the height of the comedy club craze, and I... I kept and while we I was out there doing that comedy club circuit, I kept saying to myself, Vaudeville, this is vaudeville and we all know what happened to vaudeville. It closed. So I knew that the comedy club circuit was not gonna last forever. And and clubs that I started working at who were paying me five grand you know, a weekend were now paying me thirty five hundred a weekend. Or mm-hmm. clubs that were paying me a thousand a night were offering me five hundred a night, and I could see the clouds. The crowds were getting less. The the, the same. The pay was, they would be paying airfare, and now they're not paying airfare. And I suddenly said, "I'm financially set. There's really no reason for me to go out on the road anymore." And so I said to my wow. agents, "I'm not doing this anymore." And at about the same time, Fred Willard's wife, Mary Willard, who was a playwright said to me, you ought to join this class that I'm in. So I joined a writer's workshop and started writing. And um, uh, my very first effort was a play called Rest in Pieces, which was optioned for Broadway. And we're going to be doing a uh, staged reading of it in New York City in May uh, with Olympia Dukakis and her husband. And... um, Yeah, and so I did. I wrote six plays, two films, and I wrote, you know, and I wrote some sitcoms, specs, sitcoms uh, scripts, which got picked up, and I was hired to write sitcom, which was, you know, it's really a living hell those sitcom gigs. Tell us, yeah, I'm interested in that because I love, like, especially like Seinfeld and things like that. I love those types of sitcoms. Tell us about your. Well, I'm I can't tell you, I more can't, about your. Sitcom. I can't tell you about the Seinfeld because uh, I didn't write on them, but I can tell you on the shows that I wrote on, and it was yeah. it was you know eight eight writers sitting around in a room for seven hours writing one joke until I wanted to shove pencils in my eye. You know, it was like yeah, a, a room full of egos and and everybody um, trying to get their material in the script and and stories that start out about earthquakes end up about you know about mudslides and. It it was I I did not enjoy that experience. Wow. I I I have an office in my home. I get up at five o'clock every day. I go up to my office. I write for about four hours, and I'm done. You know, I'm done for the day. And I love the solitary. Look, I'm an only child, so okay. uh, I I okay. play well alone. Um, and. <laughs> You know, I I often said you could put me in solitary confinement. Not a big deal. I can handle that because I spent my whole life alone. Um, right. Seven-hour layover at the airport, <laughs> ah, piece of cake. And it happened more than once. Wow. Um, yeah, so I'm writing. So that's, so that's what I do now. But the book is the most important thing that I've written in okay. a long time. And, yeah, so uh, let's talk about that. The book, which is called It's So Hard to Type with a Gun in My Mouth, um, is uh, it's, 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 all, it's, me- it's a memoir, memoir of uh, short stories and essays about the backstage 
happenings of mm-hmm. all the people that I opened for. Donna Summer, Barry Manilow, Melissa Manchester, Kenny Loggins, uh, Seals and Crofts, uh, who else? Uh, oh, you know, I, I, I work with Phyllis Diller and Pat Cooper, and I work to Caesar's Palace, and all these back, you know, all the stories of things that happened backstage and my experience with them. And stories of celebrities and then but the funny part of the book is the insane things that happen to me that happens to no one else and that's what that's right. where the, that the humor is coming from and then it's all what I'm being told is that it's you laugh and then you cry because I I really dug deep in this book and told stories that I swore I would never tell anybody, personal stories, things that, that you know, that were so personal that my parts of my family are no longer talking to me, which really wow. is a benefit from the book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I agree with you, Steve. I mean, I definitely can see how the book can take you on this emotional roller coaster. Um, it's it's definitely entertaining at points, and like you said, there, there are some despondent moments in it and I can see what you're you know talking about when you talk about that sadness and the feelings that people could get from reading it uh, you know personally that the story with Estelle Harris coming to dinner you know I don't want to talk too much about the particulars unless you want to share them because I don't want to well, give away I mean, too much about the book Estelle Harris is, uh, there must be a time delay because we're overlapping each other um, the, Estelle Harris played the mother on Seinfeld, and she was very gracious enough to do readings of my play when we were developing it. So to say thank you, I invited her over for dinner. I'm, and the only thing that didn't happen was that I didn't end up killing her with food poisoning that night. I mean, it was anything that – I mean, the fire department showed up. It was a living hell, that dinner. and And – I don't want to give it away either, but right. but you know, right. to this day, if you ask Estelle, "Have you ever had dinner at Steve's?" she'll say, "No, no, don't, don't go, run." <laughs> yeah, it was that was definitely entertaining, and yeah, it was just I just wanted to read more and more as I was reading that because it was just one thing after another. Unfortunately, that was just not going well for you that evening. Um, no, so. I, no, it's not. What did I say? I think the dishes were committing suicide. Is that what? One of the lines in that in that story is, did you read the whole book? Did you read all 315 pages? I think or? I did. I'll be honest. No, I didn't get to the whole thing yet, but I read I read a lot of it, and it's it's very good. And I, like I said, I want to give. I like how you describe the uh, different. I will I'll talk about personality disorder friends that you have and attract to yourself, including your sociopathic ones, the OCD ones, the drug people. I mean, it was just hysterical. Um, who's Gordon and Reese? I'm getting a call from Gordon and Reese. I don't know. What is Gordon and Reese? I don't know. I don't know. Well, they'll have to wait. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure that's. I'm sure that's a show. But that's probably the, the. That's probably the phone call that's like, "Hey, we'd like you for a movie," and and I'm and I'm holding it up for a, for a radio show. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably Spielberg. Oh no. Oh no! Don't worry. I'll call. I'll call him so, back and um, see you. So just to, if you don't mind explaining, and especially as a psychologist, I'm curious to know, why did you title the book, It's So Hard to Type, with a gun in my mouth? Because when you first told me that, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I thought it was hysterical on the one hand. And on the other hand, I was like, wow, that is pretty powerful. (laughs) Well, uh, in the book I describe, I live in the hills in Bel Air and in California, and the house above me on the hill, the swimming pool gave way, and 60,000 gallons of water came flushing down the hill through my house. And mm-hmm. so it destroyed my office, my guest bedroom, and bathroom. And I was de- it was devastating. I had $138,000 damage to my house. Oh my and uh, my manager, Wayne Scherzer in New York City, is just, a gem and he knew that he had to keep me my mind occupied so he would call me you know like every other day and say are you writing and I would say yes I am writing but it's so hard to type with a gun in my mouth and he said to me and that's the title of your book 
Perfect. And yeah, and it was perfect. Yeah, that's a great title. I like it. I like it. So what made you decide to, you know, decide to chronicle your life stories and the backstage, well, you know, I I thought that I would uh I thought I would write it all down before I became too old to remember it. Mhm. You know, I Yeah. I I just thought it was um it was time to do it, you know, so that's what I so I sat down, it took me three years, and uh, um, Gordon and Arisa are uh, attorneys. I'm probably I'm probably being sued. I'm checking, looking it over in the in the internet as I'm reading, to, talking to you. Why? Why are you being I sued? I don't know. That's me now on your show. They're calling again. Uh, God, I don't know. Uh-oh, you want to you want to go on hold? It'll be interesting for the show. I'll go with the flow. I'm All right, you go. All right, you go, and I'll, I'll let me let me see who this is, and I'll call and I'll come right back. You'll okay. Go, okay. We'll take a commercial break. All right. Call All right, back. You remember, All I can't call you. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Bye. All right, everyone. It's uh, definitely an entertaining uh, evening with uh, our playwright comedian Steve Bluestein. So he's going to call back in in a moment. He's going to take a a call which, who knows, could be a major motion picture for him. So what we're going to do is we'll take a quick commercial break and I will play for the audience one of the hit singles off of my album, Leave It All Behind. If anyone's interested, you can find it on iTunes by searching Carrie Edelman and the song I'll play tonight is Echo. So check out this song and we'll be back after the break when Steve calls back in. I wait for it to fade, hoping the pain will dissipate. Now I have to face the day. Wish I could slowly fade away. Oh,
Okay, everyone, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show. And the song you just heard is titled Echo. It's one of the hit singles off of my album, Leave It All Behind, which you can find on iTunes, Amazon Music, and all other major digital sites by searching Carrie Edelman. All right, so Steve called back in. Let's bring him back on the air and uh, see if he had an exciting phone call. I'm not sure which number it is because there's still two here. All right, you there, Steve? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, great. There you go. So, so uh, what happened? That was great. Uh, it was a friend <laughs> asking if I wanted to go out to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, Aww. I saw attorney. I saw attorney and immediately thought I'm being sued for something. You know, that's the, the, not only is the glass half empty with me. I don't even have a glass. Oh, stop! Well, what is that paranoia about? Oh, it's uh, you're the shrink. You tell me. Well, I don't know. Why would you think you're being sued? I mean, that's pretty extreme. Well, I got to tell you, I had a really horrific childhood. Really horrific. As a matter of fact, let me read you one of my posts. uh, Okay. I don't know if you saw it. One of my posts on the Internet. I said, uh, what's the worst thing your mother ever said to you? Uh, And I said, here are three uh, things here's here are three that were said to me. After a college professor told me that he expected great things from me in the theater, my mother said to me, "They're paid to say those things." Oh or B. Gosh. After I published my book, my mother said, "What are you writing a book for? No one cares about your life." Or C. Uh-huh. After my father died. Now remember, my mother and father were divorced. After my father right. died, my mother said, oh, come on, Steve, you really didn't love him that much. Wow. So, so now you know why I think I'm being sued. <laughs> wow. But, I mean, just, wow. That's, I mean, yeah, that's wow. sad. Yeah, it's that's very really sad. sad. I'm telling you, there are there are homes in this city with entire wings. Uh, uh, there's psychiatrists' home with entire wings in this city that I have built. But I, I think I'm the best I have ever been. That's you know, good. I, I, yeah, I really have. I really am. I mean, how did you, I mean, and I don't want to get into too much about, you know, your mother and why. I mean, what was that about? Was she Was she envious of the success you had? I mean, what was this hostility about? I, if I knew, I wish I would tell you. I, my theory is that. I reminded her of my father and okay. uh, and then reminded her of a failed relationship or a failed marriage because she did go on to marry and had this family that she adored, you know, uh, and which I was of no part of. So oh, let's she, talk she about the book. What? Okay, no, I'm sorry. Let's get gym. back to the book. Yeah, let's oh, get back didn't. to the book. Okay. All huh? right, let's get back to the book now. Go ahead. Okay. So uh, the thing, the most rewarding thing for me in the book is that the, the book has a page on Facebook. It's you know it's so hard to type with a gun in my mouth. Just type that in on Facebook, and you'll bring you to the page. And the reviews that writers readers are writing on that page are so um, so rewarding. I I am okay. just so pleased to hear some of the things that that people write and every time I, someone will write something positive i'll say nobody cares about my life huh ma? you know so it's uh, right. it's it's good it's a good thing that's awesome well it's great to see like you're saying that you have all this support and these fans that you know love what you do and, and are giving you that those positive kudos that unfortunately you hadn't gotten in other areas of your life. So that's that's amazing. It's really yeah, cool. It's a it's, it's very cool. Yeah. Well, let's take a call. You have a caller calling in. Oh yeah. Let's do that and then we'll, and then we'll get back to talking about the book. Right. Okay. This is um, your lawyer, Steve. You're being sued. <laughs> You're being sued. We are going. I'll call you tomorrow with the deposition. Oh, Mr. Bluestein, what can I say to you? Uh, uh, Hi, Don. Hey, how are you? Welcome. I'm all right. I'm all right. You know who this is, don't you? Steve knows who this is. Is it Mark? Yes, it's Mark. 
question. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've been listening and enjoying it so much. The truth is, Thank nobody you, cares Mark. about your life, Steve. Nobody really cares. Listen, uh, Steve's book. Before I, I don't want to get silly. Well, yes, I do. But hey, I, I'll tell you. But I have read Steve's book from cover to cover. Well, you know, from pixel to pixel, actually, because I read it on the <laughs> computer. And uh, that was before before it was even printed up, and uh, and everything that uh, that you've heard about it is is true. Uh, it's it's just a spectacular, funny, moving, touching book that uh, I, I recommend without hesitation to oh, anybody so nice. who likes to read books. <laughs> who doesn't or wants to know? Who wants anybody who wants to know? I mean, it's there's, there's so much. And I left. Mark, and I left space to color too, which I thought was nice. Yes. Well, I, know, I, I still have to get. I still have to get a, a hard. Uh, maybe I'll print it out and then write things in the margin. And oh, that's you know, nice. I've got a yellow highlighter. You know, my girlfriend Cassandra likes to highlight things. She likes to write things in the margins. So we'll do that, and maybe we'll send it back, and we can publish a special edition. You know. Oh, that would all, be great. With all these things, well, no, it wouldn't. But you could say that. <laughs> Nice, nice. Anyway, anyway I, I just you know I don't want to I don't want to uh, derail your show. Uh, but, no, that's uh, fine, Mark. We like to have people call in. It's, it it breaks it up, and yeah, it's great. It's great to hear the supporters call in for the guests. That's awesome. What's going on with these Republicans, Steve? What's happening here? I mean, uh oh, uh oh, don't get me started. Do not get me started. That's why I called to get you started. Oh, please, these Republicans. I, I, you know, some of my best friends are Republicans. One in particular who I adore, uh, and, and I, we have vowed that we will not discuss uh, politics, but I, I, I watch these, these, these who, I listen to the things that they say about the most magnificent president we've ever had, and and the insanity. And the guy the, that's in, just like Hitler. Yeah, the, yeah, right. That one. And I, 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 I can't believe what I'm hearing. That that he wasn't born in this country. That he's not religious. That he's not Christian. I mean, you know, I, I, my, you know what I said, Mark. If if Obama came out against cancer, then the Republicans would be in favor of leukemia. <laughs> yeah, that's <Right>. true. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah, it's so uh, true. That's funny because it's true. Well, are you going to be performing? It... Are you going to be performing any place else around? Around because uh, I, I, I know a lot of people uh, would just goddamn love to see you. I know this. I know you're doing that show. Uh, with uh, Kathy uh, Landman, but uh, are you are you thinking about? No, thinking I mean, about- I, I, uh, Sean Moray asked me to go and and work at his club, which is very close to my house, and um, and it's free. It does no, it's it's not for pay, and I I actually would be considered doing that because if I stink, then I wouldn't feel guilty, because you know it's <laughs> stand up is a craft. Just like yeah. singing and dancing, and you have to do mm-hmm. it over. You have to continue to do it to be sharp. And I haven't done it in eight years, so I, I you know, there's uh, there's uh, some fears there, but the muscles. Well, I'm sure you'd well, be great. Yeah, I'm, oh, you would be amazing. And uh, you know, uh, just, just well. Anyway, if you know, if that ever happens, I know you'll, I know you'll let us know. So that, I will. Uh, so I will. I will see that, but otherwise, you know, just I'll just have to, you know, come down there and bug the hell out of you. We'll, uh, <laughs> don't, don't sit up front. <laughs> I'm not afraid. No. I, I used to sit up front with Henny Youngman. I was I was bombarded oh. by Henny time for a half an hour at a at a, at a club at, actually the, at the bottom line. Do you remember the bottom line? Yeah, sure. In the village, sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's uh, where I saw Seals and Crofts. For the very first time, before they were famous, my friend Susan Joseph, who is a manager now, she dragged me down to see Seals and Crofts, and she said, "Someday I'm going to work for these guys." And yeah. sure, sure enough, someday she worked for 
for them. She was there. She worked with, with the manager, Marsha Day, and uh, many of my Facebook friends are the Seals and Crofts family. We became like a family. Went on the road for years together. It was, it was yeah, great. nice. That's, a lot nice. of that is in the. That's that's the kind of stuff that's in the book that uh, that you really. Um, Stories, show business stories that you won't hear anywhere else. These are no, these and that's are, why I, that's why I want to put them down. I mean, that's why I know, but that's why I want people to. I want people to hear this because I want them to know that they're going to find they're going to find out stuff that they could never imagine about right, about, right. about people people that they know, famous people. I mean, you know, let's Steve worked with the biggest and the best in the business. His marquee was up there on the strip in Vegas, big letters, right? How how yeah. tall were those letters that you saw your About name? About 15 feet tall. And if you go uh, to Vegas now at Caesar's Palace, there's a um, a marquee that says the name of, and it flashes the names of people who headlined at Caesar's Palace. And nice. if you stand there long enough. My name is <laughs> I've never seen it. I have never seen it. But eventually it comes up. I go to Vegas. Eventually. I'm going to put a camera on that. And we'll wait. And we'll wait till the loop comes around. And then we'll we'll replay that on. Uh, oh, we'll replay oh that yeah. That would be great. That would be great. <laughs> I have never seen it. I've heard about it, but I've never seen it. I thought you were going to say there That's was a awesome. bathroom there somewhere that had a plaque with your name on it. But no, no, no. They don't Wait, you know, on Facebook, I posted the picture of the of the marquee with Phyllis Diller, yes. Pat yes, Cooper, right. and myself. You know, I remember that. And, and, and the great story about that is, I'm in the my manager at the time was Bill Samoth, who managed Cher and Joan Rivers, and we're in the ca- taxi pulling into the driveway of Caesar's Palace in front of this marquee with my name, 100% billing with the other two comics, as big as each letter as big as a truck. And the yeah. cab driver sees the marquee and says, "Who the hell is Steve Bluestein?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! And I turned to Billy and I said, "You want to tell him, or should I?" <laughs> well, I got to tell you something that I, I never. I, tell you, I the, the first time that I ever saw Steve, okay, I, was was on television, and it was preceded by the words, "Steve Bluestein, make." Me laugh. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, apparently, <laughs> not great memories of that show, Steve. <laughs> well, I mean, I did that show. It, it's right now. I just checked uh, YouTube. That clip has three hundred and twenty-five thousand plus hits. It's me, oh, Gallagher, and the breather, right? The one, the woman who who was yeah, uh, right, the breather. Sleeping. Yeah, Lamaz. Uh, me, Gallagher, and Gary Shandling. And that was Gary Shandling's first television appearance. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah, he was he was he was a new kid. He was a yeah. he had been a writer and was transitioning into stand up and that was his first show. Wow. Very wow. cool. Are you guys any of you guys a Howard Stern fan? Uh not really. I, I not really. I, Just no. I'm thinking of Gary I, Chandler and that. I'm thinking of that thing that Hey Now, where he does. He has some bit or something where the guy on the Jeffrey show is saying Chandler. Hey Now, and with that it's Jeffrey Tambor's line from from the uh, from the uh, Larry Sanders show. Jeff Tambor, yes, yes. A great, funny, extraordinary <laughs> guy himself. And Howard just appropriates that and uses it constantly. But that's yeah. right. But that's just yeah. Line. Well, well, anyway, I'm gonna, I'm gonna nice. check this. I'm gonna check the sales of the book and see if we've sold any. Let me just check here. I'm at my computer. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We sold one. We sold one. Good. Yeah. There you go. All right. We'll keep definitely um when the show's over, guys. Keep promoting the podcast because the podcast does really well. It'll be available to stream and download, etc. So okay. they do really well. All right. Great. Yeah. So. All right, Mark. Well, why don't we uh, I'll let you ya. kind of transition, and then I will um, continue with Steve so he can. <laughs> no, no, no. Thank you. That was great for you calling in, Mark. I really appreciate good, good, good it. Good to talk to you too. And uh, Steve, I'll see you around the place. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Take, all right. You're all right, Mark. Mark, you're Take just care. all right. 
Five years, but I am all right. I am all right. He knows what I mean. I am. I'm doing great, by the way. I'm feeling really good. I got good good news, and I'll I'll tell you about it. All right. Terrific. All right. Okay, buddy. All right. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Bye. 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 All right. Are there Very any more nice callers? friend of yours. No, um, just Mark right I now. I know. I've never, I've never met him. Really? I've never met him. Um, so how do you know he, him? Uh, he friended me on Facebook. Never. Nice. If, I, if he walked into a room today, I wouldn't know him. But I love him because we become friends through just through the written word. Very cool. I've met some amazing yeah. people on Facebook. It's really interesting. Yeah. Really. So what do you think of, you could tie your book into that too, so what do you think of the use of all these social media sites today and you know, using that to promote them. it? Love yeah. them. Love them. Because uh, um, uh, I have been returned to some people I haven't seen in 30 years. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's great. I love it. I I I always say that my my friends are like jewels in a crown. Each one together, each one individually is important, but together they are right. magnificent. You know, so very nice. I, I, like I keep that. my friends. I keep my friends a long time. Nice. Nice. Well, I saw that you mentioned real quick on your page yesterday. It was hysterical that you were um, the Facebook police were kind of after you and monitoring you because I guess you had sent out uh, too many requests? Well, yeah, I'm in detention. I'm in Facebook <laughs> I've had detention. I've it happen to me too, Steve. I've had I don't it know what happened. I get... <laughs> I, well, you see, I'm very political on Facebook, so I think some of the, some Republican must have complained. So they, oh, they, I I'm, I'm sure that has to be it because obviously oh. I'm charming and adorable. Obviously. No, no, this is what I – real quick, this is what I thought happens. If you send out – too many friend requests, at, like in a certain period of time, they mm-hmm. start questioning whether you really know the people, and they'll like put a kind of little ban on you for a couple of days. So that's it's like what it's happened. Been, it's, to they you. said seven days, but it's been longer than seven days. And um, of course, I send right. a lot of requests out because I'm in show business, so right. I know a lot exactly. of people. I know a right. lot of people. Mhm. So. Nice. So what else do you want to share with the book? And we'll we'll give it another plug. Are there any other are there any are there any other callers? Not right no. now. They're not. Unfortunately, no. Oh God, I'm begging. If anyone's <laughs> listening, call. <laughs> we can um, bring you on at another point too. So don't worry about that. All right. I have to go out to dinner with that attorney. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh! So yes, why don't we um, let people know? You know, if they, you have any upcoming performances, any new plays you're working on? Of course, where well, they can get the, your book again. I, I I I have a performance with Kathy Ladman in Palm Springs. In mm-hmm. I'll give you the date. I'm looking it up right now. In May, April, May, um, someplace. I, see, I don't even know. I won't even think about it. Maybe it's April. Okay. Um, I have some place in in Palm Springs. Joshua. Do you have a website where people can find your upcoming shows and performances? Well, no. I mean, there there are not going to be that many shows. I mean, I could call everybody. It would be easier. Um, (laughs) uh, Facebook is where you friend me on Facebook. There are two Steve Bluesteins. There's Stephen Bluestein with the E P H E N. He's the accountant or the the vice president of some accounting firm. And then there's Steve Bluestein. That's me, the playwright and the comic. And um, and strangely enough, both our birthdays are January fifteenth. Isn't that bizarre? Interesting. That is weird. Yeah. yeah. Really weird. But uh, I have 2,200 friends on Facebook. Nice. Yeah, and I could use getting up there. There you go. I I could use another 300, 3,000. So you said you had questions. Where you right? Ask your questions. Okay. Well, I mean, I did ask some in the beginning. Um, in terms of, like I said, with the book, I didn't want to give too much away. Um. Okay. Here's some interesting questions. Just. General, uh, general questions for people that they might find interesting. Who were some of the comedians that you know influenced you when you broke into the industry? Well, I mean, I was, I, 
loved uh, Red Skelton. I loved Jack Benny. I loved Johnny Carson. I mm-hmm. loved Robert Klein. I loved David Steinberg. Uh, you know, I. But I, I loved each one for. I loved Steve Allen. I loved Steve Allen because he was funny, and he was smart, and mm-hmm. and he Steve Allen wrote songs. He wrote books. He was a TV host. He was a comedian. He was a panelist. He did everything. And that's exactly what I want to do. I want to do everything. In the business, they try to pigeonhole you. You're a comedian. You're a writer. You're a singer. You can't be a comedian, writer, singer. I want to do, right. that, do it all. And Steve Allen did. And, and he was a great influence on me. Very, very much so. Nice, but I think you make an. I think that's that's awesome. I think you make a really important and relevant point. Is that in today's day and age, with the way things have changed so much in the entertainment industry per se, I think it's so important for people to, you know, be dynamic and have different skills. Because, like you said, eventually you felt you hit your ceiling as a comedian, and it wasn't challenging for you anymore, and you needed to cross over into something else. And so, you know, you took these other skills that you had and created them to become a writer and, you know, et cetera. So I think I that's needed, really important. I needed to be challenged. I needed mm-hmm. to be challenged. I get mm-hmm. bored very easily, you know. Yeah. Okay. I'm bored right now. <laughs> oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I mean, usually my shows run for about, you know, in, an hour um, at the most. And, yeah, I just want you to, again, feel free to, you know, Share with the Has audience. Has it been an hour? Has it been an yeah. hour? It's an All hour. All right, so say goodbye. No, I'm not going to just cut you off like that. I want to transition out nicely. All right, so, all right. Um... So let's, let's transition out. <laughs> Thank you all for calling in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we thank Mark for calling in. And I'm sure, yeah. as I said, if you promote the podcast, it will do very well. People, I've had thousands and thousands of listeners since I started in my short period of time. So Great. It's doing yeah. really well. Yeah. Send me the link and I'll and I'll put it on Facebook. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, so thank you so much for coming on, Steve. Again, please hey. plug your website, your Twitter, whatever you want to plug, your book, of course, and let people know where they can find you. And then hopefully we will uh, continue to stay in touch. Thanks a million. And, again, the book is called It's So Hard to Type with a Gun in My Mouth. And it's available on Amazon.com. Or if you want a hard copy, it's available on Lulu, L-U-L-U dot com. Very nice. Thanks so much, Stephen. I'll send you the podcast right. shortly. It'll be available. All, All right? right thanks. Bye. Thank you. Have a great night. Okay, you take too. care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, everyone. Again, you just heard the playwright comedian Steve Bluestein. Stein, sorry. Uh, please check him out. He's on Facebook. He's on Twitter. And you definitely have to purchase a copy of his book, It's So Hard to Type with a Gun in My Mouth, chronicling his life stories as well as many of the uh, stuff you hear behind the scenes in the entertainment industry. It's a really good book, hysterical, and it will take you on an emotional roller coaster. So next week, everyone, uh, Tuesday, which will be February 28th, we are going to go back to doing a music interview. And we have an amazing hard rock band coming on called Attention Deficit Society. That will be at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. You can check them out on Facebook. Uh, Search Attention Deficit Society. Great group of guys, awesome music that they have. Um, If anyone is interested in becoming a guest on the show, you can uh, search for The Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. I have all the information available under the information section. As well as if you would like to friend me on Facebook, I have... Two personal pages. One of them I just maxed out, so I created a second one to stay in touch with everyone. I also, as I said, have a fan page for The Carrie Edelman Show, a fan page for Carrie Edelman, my music. You can follow me on Twitter at Carrie Edelman, and my official website is CarrieEdelman.com. We will close the interview tonight with one of our sponsors, which is Zero by One Sound Studio. Anyone who is looking to record, whether you need to do voiceover work, you are looking to get um, some sound design for films, you're a band that's looking to record, I highly recommend everyone checks out this studio. It's um, The website is 0x1sound.com. And let's check out their 
advertisement, and again, we will be back next week. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in tonight, and we will be in touch. Zero by One Sound, South Jersey's premier recording and audio production studio, featuring award-winning engineers, state-of-the-art gear, and spacious tracking rooms. Zero by One Sound offers musicians of any genre an exciting and professional recording environment. Call us now at 856-396-7672 to discuss your project and take a tour of the studio. Or visit us on the web at 0x1sound.com. 